Welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of Brown Pride and Assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And this is Episodio 45. Look, Charlene, we're at your age. Oh my gosh, why are you <laughs> telling people how young I am? Uh, because it's just a number. Okay. Because it's just an episodio. Well, not just an episodio. This is the last of the year. Because mm. we're in December, so it's the last of 20... It's the last episodio. Oh yeah, it is. Okay. Whoa. <sighs> Giving me, I gave you a look. You did. I and gave if, you the mom look. And if I put any of our listeners in a panic, all two of you, I'm really sorry. But what I meant was, this is the last regular episodio of the year. We still do have a weedy weedy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whew. No panic. No problem. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. I'm sorry, Kat. My uh, my nerves are on high alert. My anxiety is on high alert. My insomnia is on high alert. It's it's. Wow. I'm ready for a pause breather break all the things and we'll get one mm-hmm. and maybe during this pause or break you'll either be on tiktok watching like when socials do good or you'll be listening to true crime yeah or <laughs> you'll be listening to another or reading another book hopefully yes and coincidentally coincidentally those are three things we're talking about today i love how you did that yeah you're welcome um so Yes, we're going to be talking about true crime, but not because we're actually bringing any true crime to you. We're just going to do a a little bit of a bocha deep dive into Mm -hmm. why we like it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a confession to make that when originally when you said, um, hey, we should do like a slay versus slay. (laughs) I was thinking S-L-A-Y versus, you know, Santa Claus and his slay. Mm -hmm. And when I was giving the show rundown to the executive producer she was like oh like like you're killing it versus you're killing it right and i was like oh shit maybe that's what charlene meant it wasn't okay (sighs) but you know what we love the pocha podcast because you can bring all your perspectives to this one little happy place on the planet (laughs) <laughs> and sometimes in the in the case of true crime not so happy place on or the planet but so happy. well it's complicated it is complicated it so that's you know in episodio 45 that's one of the things we're talking about we're also looking at when socials do good and then um we're also looking at our newest obsession a book uh called how not to drown in a glass of water but oh first oh my god yes i can't wait to talk about it but first slay versus slay so this is something you and I have talked about before. Like mm-hmm. we have, and we're not the only ones, clearly. But no. we have an obsession with true crime, either podcasts, mm-hmm. or I also look at um, like First 48 or Forensic Files or, um, or documentaries on serial killers. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, and clearly we're not the only ones because the, the third, the, uh, it's not even a resurgence. It was the surge of podcasts was based on a mm-hmm. true crime. It was based on serial, which looked at the murder of uh, a young woman and the conviction, wrongfully convicted mm-hmm. individual, um, Adnan Syed, mm-hmm. which is like the start of true crime kind of, right? And then the ball got rolling on podcasts that got really mm-hmm. um, big on true crime. That's like a whole genre that people... Either it's a serial where they talk about one specific crime over the course of a series or a new crime every week or what have you, right? Right. Huge. And then you can binge watch all of the things like the Dahmer um, Mm -hmm. movie or the Bundy tapes or Mm -hmm. all of these things. And people watch this. They just consume it. Mm -hmm. And so we have an obsession. Yeah. As a society and as individual humans. Um, I can only do podcasts. I can't do the shows. For some reason, the visual part of it is too much for me. Um, but the audio alone, I can deal with. Okay, so what what draws you to it, you as a human being? So this is interesting. So in general, as humans, there's been research now done about why is this a thing? So you may have heard the term morbid curiosity. Well, it's really a thing. It's a psychological term that refers to an interest in unpleasant things, especially death. And this research shows that this really is a common trait in our society like we have a curiosity about death about how people die this is just something that as humans we are drawn to but for 
podcast or the shows that people are now tuning into this is really researchers are finding this is a way for people to feel like they're in danger without actually being in danger so sort of the the roller coaster adrenaline like that euphoric feeling of like i'm scared i'm scared i'm scared but this is also exciting type of a thing um that you can go through while also understanding and knowing that you are totally safe wherever you're actually at right the other thing is um, it's because we're metiche. Like, as humans, we're just nosy, really. There's this satisfaction that's gained in understanding the who, the where, the what, like, how the story unfolds, how this is all going down. Like, you're Gladys Kravitz looking out the window. You get this insider perspective on what happened. And people walk away from that feeling like, not only do they know what makes these criminals tick, like I know what happens with psychopaths or sociopaths or whatever the thing is, but also we walk away with this feeling like I am now better equipped to protect myself and or my loved ones because I now know that this happened in the world and so now I'm better for it because I know that this could happen. It's so much. Okay, so a couple things make me think about when you were when you were just talking about morbid curiosity, like are we living not vicariously but are we relating more to the perpetrator or the victim Mm. and um so one of the reasons why i watch it is because i'm always like but why what was the defect Mm. what was the reasoning what was it that made them snap what Mm -hmm. was the thing is that because you're waiting for that to happen to you? <laughs> I'm preparing. <laughs> like, what is the thing that's going to make me lose it? Okay, so a couple things when I watch, and we joke around with some friends in, in our friend group or what have you, as to, like, not me specifically, but mm. I watch the first 48 so that I know how to get away with, <laughs> jokingly. It's research. Right? It's mm-hmm. research. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you... Yeah. Uh, okay, dot, dot, dot. But also... There's the, in in terms of the morbid curiosity, um, so when you and I originally talked about it, the like, oh, it wasn't me kind Mm. of attitude, right? Mm -hmm. So personally, not speaking in general, but personally as a survivor of sexual assault, and by and large, most of the murders that happen are Mm -hmm. the victims are women, and there's usually a component of SA, right? So I watch because it's like, oh, but I'm, I survived and it wasn't that bad kind of thing. Like, oh, it, you know, almost a relief of and downplaying of a personal event. Mm-hmm. So, but also that can happen and that can resonate with other folks who are like, look, that isn't me. I'm not seeing something that either a family member of or what have you, like dot, dot, dot that whole situation is not impacting me. So like a phew, it wasn't me kind of situation. Interesting that you bring that up. There's a study out of BYU that shows women are actually more likely to listen to true crime podcasts than men. Um, it There's a study published in Social Psycho- Psychological and Personality Science that found women are more likely than men to choose true crime media because they feel like it's educational. Mm. because women are also more likely to be victim so how so what what to look out for exactly so and i you know that that's just kind of in general the societal reason that people might be drawn to these personally as a victim of a very violent crime there's a lot of reasons why i I listen and have had to discuss in therapy seriously same Uh uh-huh um one is is that i I think at times it helps me to feel like, okay, what happened to me isn't that bad because I'm alive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These people did not have the luxury that I have of having another chance at just walking around the planet. A, super macabre, I get it. Um, the other is that I think it helps me to not, sometimes as a victim of a very violent crime that is really specific and weird, I feel really alone in that experience listening and and sometimes a little bit crazy like I think the things that I'm going through I'm I feel a little bit crazy for being paranoid or wanting to sit in the corner so that I can see the exits Mm -hmm. in the room Mm -hmm. or all of these things that my PTSD is now holds the lock and key to my life 
this makes me feel like, oh, well, I'm totally justified and this is totally normal. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know how nuts that sounds. No, no, it doesn't because that, that makes total sense because some of the things that like um, what she didn't know was that <laughs> lurking behind her was... <laughs> And so that's like, e, and that's why I always look over my shoulder. That's why I take 15 different routes on the way home. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm paying attention to every single license plate that goes by when I'm on the highway or whatever. Like, right. Because those are things that, well, she missed that or they missed that thing. And I'm trying not to miss that thing Yep, I and turn, end up a, st- a statistic. I turn into the senora in the car listening because I'm like, I mean, no, don't run the same path every day. Mm-hmm. Like, of course not. No, why do you trust? Don't trust him. Don't trust. Oh, no. Here trust we no go. Bitch. Here we go. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. Even though, you know, these poor people, this was not their fault. No, not None at all. None of this was their fault. But it, it puts you in a position to be like, I know some things and so I feel good that I know these things and I'm gonna be safer because I can I can hold that as I leave my car to go into the grocery store right it's never from a victim like blaming kind of point of view it's always from a and that's why that's why I do this justifying my behavior Uh uh-huh all of my quirks all of the things Mm -hmm. so the other thing is when you talk about morbid curiosity um you know evil is a base human trait whether it's innate, whether we're born with it, whether it's Maybelline, whether we, <laughs> whether it's something that happens through our upbringing, um, you know, the whatever the reason, it's a, an evil is a base human trait. For example, and I know that we can go through mythologies ad nauseum and look at things, but like freaking Cain versus Abel, right? Like. There was a, you know, for whatever reason, whatever whatever reason you want to give in there, there was a murder. And there was a, there's like freaking murder mysteries all the way through that, just that one book, right? Not to mention some of the other creation stories and mythologies that we have where there is that arguably is humanity inventing something that reflects humanity or is something reflecting humanity, which is why humanity is like that. Either way, it's a base trait and we're watching it like we can't not look at a train wreck or mm-hmm. when we pass by a car accident and we're like, what's, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And like the executive producer and I, if I'm driving, I'm like, I'll drive you, look, <laughs> give me details, what's happening? <laughs> Do you see toes or their fingers? Why? What's going on? Because it's a it's a base part. Mm-hmm. Evil is a base part of humanity, and we have this again morbid curiosity about what's going on. Um, for you new Pocha podcast listeners, cat um, just went Bible on us, which <laughs> is the norm, a frequent occurrence. <laughs> um, and you know, like my grandma would say, "El diablo nunca duerme," right? Like mm-hmm. th- it's always lurking. You can't be too careful. There's always that propensity for evil sure oh cat so many things so what are your favorite uh you know calming relaxing wait murder? before we get to that oh, just a couple more okay. things okay mm-hmm. so then we also have this inner sherlock oh, i yes, can figure totally. it out absolutely i know who did it yes it was the husband period end point oh plot twist it wasn't the husband mm-hmm. oh fine it was the neighbor mm-hmm. like we have this inner sherlock of in absolutely. our head that it's going to be like i can figure this out I'm just as a detective, <laughs> as someone who's been doing this 30 years yes. and looking at fingerprints. If they can't do it, it's because they haven't gotten me on the case. Like, yes. we can always solve that crime. Agreed. Yes. Um, and then the last piece I'll give is just um, when is it going from obsession to the grotesque? Like, when does it, when is it just, mm. I listen to the podcast and you just, so for you, you just listen to podcasts, whereas... For me, when mm-hmm. I am on Senor Sundays doing yard work or whatever, I've got some kind of documentary crime, something going on, and I don't even have to pay attention to it because I know how it's going to end. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, there's like no, no one's spo- spoiler True. alert. Someone dies. Like, right. I don't need that. I think that's also comforting in a sick way. You right? know what's going to happen. Like, there is a certain adrenaline and there is a, an anticipation, but you also know what's going to happen. Right. 
the bad thing is already on the table. Yes. Yeah. We know what we're listening to. Yes. Okay. So why do you, when does it become, when does it move from like, Mm -hmm. I can listen and Mm -hmm. it's a somewhat healthy human reaction Mm -hmm. to like, okay, now you know what? You're sleeping with clippings from the newspaper. Wow. No. Okay. So so for me, it's not, I don't get upset, more obsessed with listening to or watching more of, but my anxiety will take a bad loop or the nightmares will pop up Mm -hmm. or I will start... Um, I have a, what I call a a normal level of paranoia that I function with on a daily basis. Um, when that starts to impede my life to the point that I am saying no to events because I don't want to go out in public or I don't want to leave my house in certain times by myself or when those things start happening, I have to call myself out and cut back because I know that adds to my anxiety that adrenaline feeling for people that have had a traumatic experience sometimes it's difficult to separate the trauma that you've had and the emotions linked to that to a current situation that has nothing to do with you because your emotions just go to that scared fight or flight place and it's hard to know wait is this me or is this something else that's happening so when I start to find difficulty in discerning wait am I just is it me or am I more nervous? Whatever. Then I know I need to, I need to go back to the cartoons. I need to go back to Gigi LaFleur on TikTok only. I need to <laughs> just not do the scary business for a while because I, I, my anxiety can't deal with it. Okay. Okay. I feel that. Um, for me, it's when I travel, um, and I'm in a hotel and I'm not sleeping in somewhere that I know. Mm. I put on, <laughs> I know how fucked this up this is. makes total sense. Mm-hmm. I know how fucked up this is. But I'll put on something like that and that's that's what'll kind of lull me to sleep. I know. But you know what? <laughs> okay, so here's my thought process. I can't process sleep, on but it. maybe I'll just die. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my thought process. This is what I do at home. And when I'm not in my home environment, the one mm. thing that can connect me is is something that I can watch or hear. Interesting. But other than that, when when I'm listening to it, it's like something that I don't have to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Like I know how the story is basically going to end. Mm-hmm. And for me, the component that I, I enjoy the most is the storytelling and how it's laid out. So when you ask, right. what are your favorites? Oftentimes I don't listen to podcasts where there's one new true crime a week Mm -hmm. unless the storytelling around the true crime is good Hmm. um or well laid out i should say okay so not just any jane and juan can just is going to capture my attention you want like the series that's about one thing series Mm -hmm. about the one thing that Mm -hmm. takes an entire season to lay out the case and what have you right um and the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, they've put out a couple good ones. Like Someone Knows Something, and there's several seasons of it. Tenderfoot um, TV has a, a couple good ones. Um, the Atlanta Monster was one that has captured my attention. Uh, Finding Cleo was one that has captured my mm. attention. And they're, you know, huge trigger warning, right? Sure. Like, yeah. I mean, it's the things all... that you were getting into mm-hmm. in particular with finding Cleo and some of the ones on the, on the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, because they, they have actually done a good job of incorporating some of the stories with regards to, and I say good job because most of the time when we, when there is a popular true crime podcast or show, mm-hmm. it is predominantly about and the resources around finding who the who done it mm-hmm. are around the white woman who was killed who you know all of the things mm-hmm. we don't often pay attention to the mmiw the missing yeah. murdered indigenous women and, yeah. and family so the cbc has actually done a better job of doing some of those that i have seen Interesting. than other folks like there i know that there are a ton of podcasts and i haven't gotten through all of them amazingly um so I love the serial ones that have a whole mm-hmm. season dedicated to a case. Mm-hmm. 
I love great storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I love, um, I would prefer when they find, there's like a, there's an ending to that. When it's hung out there, then I'm like, oh, that fucker's still out there and could still be doing the stuff and the things. That's the part that gives me the most anxiety if it's completely mm-hmm. open-ended and there's no resolution. There's no resolution mm-hmm. either either in the case of like it was done in the 60s and no one has ever found the person or because of the investiga- investigative work that has been done, there is now a trial that's ongoing. So there's a couple that like with Tenderfoot TV where because of the podcast – or like with cereal, because right. of the podcast, there has been some movement on the case. But right. that's what I look for. What do you look for? Oh, I there are some series that you're talking about that I really have enjoyed because of the journalistic aspect, the way they lay out the story. It's beautifully told, even though it's a terrible, you know, what they're talking about is not a lovely topic. But S Town, oh, um, great one, good one, Doctor Death, Serial, Dirty John, like some of those I've really gotten into. But for the most part, I need a quick wrap up because I'm like you, so you know I don't like scary movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I start one, I have to know how it ends because I know there's going to be a clean resolution because that's what we do in mm-hmm. movies. I'm the same way with the the podcast or whatever. I need to know that it's wrapped up. So that's why I like the weekly, like the 2020, the Dateline. Um, also less, a, a little more lighthearted, uh, This Is Criminal. Love yes, This Is Criminal. This Is Criminal, great one. I'm Phoebe Judge. First of all, her voice can lull me to sleep. I'm Phoebe Judge. It's so calming. It's so lovely. Mm-hmm. Love it. So those help. I, those help my anxiety in that it's a 40 minute to an hour. It's wrapped. It's done. You know what started it, where it happened, how it happened, who did it. They're in jail. It's done. Mm-hmm. I don't have to keep wandering the streets thinking that this person <laughs> is like. Who was the Zodiac at killer? Sprouts, dun, right? Dun, like, dun. I don't have to do that. It's done. Um, so that helps my anxiety, too, because it's, an, it's a quick arc, right? It goes, it goes quickly. Um, the, the drawn out stuff, I will get obsessed and need to listen to binge the series. And if it's like a, you can subscribe, I'm like, motherfucker, take my four ninety nine Cause now <laughs> I need to know because I cannot sleep until I know. Um, there's one other that uh, I forgot to mention. So I do, n- it started off as a YouTube series. It's now a podcast. I did not watch it for the makeup part, but ever since I started watching it, I'm like, why am I getting ads for makeup I don't Mm. even use? But Bailey Sarian, who did Murder Makeup and Mystery Mondays, Mm -hmm. okay, so that, so that person, I, I love the, I, I don't even know. She could, she could be reading whatever kind of true crime, whatever. I'm hooked because Mm -hmm. of the way that she brings it. And it's not like. At least in the early stages and in the YouTube videos, it wasn't like a highly produced, right. like everybody, yes. you know, the Love camera. That. That, it was just her doing her makeup, talking about a random murder. And it was, it was in a, you know, 45 to a minutes yep. to an hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't always a, a clean ending. Like we never knew who did it, mm-hmm. but how do you like my makeup? Mm-hmm. But it was, there was just something about the way that she told the story that I'm like, absolutely yeah i'm down and so i have picked up on listening to when they turned the youtube into the podcast so they basically just use the right. audio and put it in mm-hmm. so that obviously you can't see the makeup but you get the There's, murder and the mystery right, right so honorable mention i love that um and i can barely have people talking to me when i'm doing my makeup it's like one of those where you're looking for an address and you have to turn the radio down so for <laughs> her to be able to like tell the whole story unfold it in a way that makes sense and do the makeup and she was very real like okay you know what i fucked up on this eye hold on i'll be right back and that was it was like real deal love it love it so those are the ones that i've been looking at um and that's okay so the other thing okay one last thing (laughs) you can't get off it i can't get the other thing is and this is at that intersection of brown pride and assimilation okay most of the serial murders are white men. white men. Duh. So when I watch it from a Latina perspective, mm. very rarely am I, God dang it, it's my people. No. Most of the time I'm like, phew, not my people. 
Except I go to bed looking at my husband a little sideways. Oh, that's you. Mm. But I mean, there are some there are some exceptions. Like, damn the um, Richard Ramirez. Menendez brothers from El Paso, Menendez brothers, but by and but large, it's not the common at, yeah, denominator at that intersection. For what I mean, we can we can do a whole other podcast as to why it's sure. not because we're more criminalized in other ways. X, sure. Y, Z, whatever. We're already in jail. But it is <laughs> there's a right exactly. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that's also like, it's not my people. Mm, it's a comforting. thing. It's kind of like, comforting mm. to be like. See, you point the finger at us for doing this and this and this and this, but here you are, Ted Bundy, 18 people later or whatever, doing the things. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. That, not that that's fulfilling in any particular way, but it's, it's also like... It's just a little check mark ah, for you to, yeah, to like, go to sleep. Ah, <laughs> not mine. Mm, not my circus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's... I mean, because we always look, we're always looking at things from that lens, right? And that is one of the lenses that I am looking at yeah. these things is when they're talking about, you know, who done it. I'm like, oh, I know who it wasn't. It wasn't Manny mm-hmm. at the garage. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Where's Kyle? You know who at? you should be. Where's yeah. Kyle? Kyle Smith. Check that guy. Mm-mm. Mm. Just saying. <sighs> okay. So moving from a very heavy topic, I mean, light and heavy at the same time. Come on, like, really? Yeah. We can joke about listening about our podcast and whatever and our true crime. That's fine. But something that has captured our attention was a new book. And you and I, we love books. We haven't done a book review in a hot minute, though. We haven't. Mm -hmm. And this one was a recommendation that you gave to me. Yes. And you read it, right? I did not. I listened to it. And I have to say, I had not sat down and read a paper book that was in my little hands hardback no less in quite some time I had been audiobooking it and I got COVID again and was just kind of laid up I had for whatever reason just bought this book so it's sitting in my view and I was like you know what I'm sitting here anyways. I can't be around anybody. I can't do anything. I'm not going to go be doing laundry and dishes and touch it. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to start reading this book. I'm going to just check it out, right? I was so engrossed Mm. in page by page three. I'm in a thousand percent. And that has not happened to me in literal years to where I pick up a book and I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot put this down. And not to say that the books that I've picked up have not been excellent or good authors or any of that. I've just gotten so used to multitasking and even audiobooks, I can do that while I'm doing other things. Like I've just gotten to the point where I am so used to doing three things at once that sitting and reading a book has felt like a luxury. And in that moment where I was a captive audience with COVID, I picked it up and oh my gosh. It, I finished it in two days. It's a short read, and it's a, it's a fairly easy read, not just because of the content, but because it flows like a conversation. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like you are listening to this person that you know talk, and it was it was a whole experience in a book, which I, again, had not had happen in years. So the book is How Not How Not to Drown in a Glass of Water by Angie Cruz. Yes. And it starts off with base you know, not not completely verbatim, but only slightly, but I came to this country because my husband wanted to kill me. Mm-hmm. And I listened to it. Right. And that captured me. I was like, mm-hmm. What? And it I will I will say this about this book. In, with some books that I do audible with, I will play at a 1.25 or one and a half speed. This one, I listen to at the regular speed because I wanted all of it. Mm-hmm. That's how good this book was. So it's about the main character is Cara Romero, Dominican woman who comes here, comes to the U.S. Um, in New York. And her adventures in life as told through 
12 job counseling sessions. <laughs> so she gets laid off from a factory and um, as sometimes happens when you get laid off, you have opportunities to do like a, a job kind of session where you can mm-hmm. you know, try to get another job, but that means that you have to go to and see either a job counselor or something similar to get put into get placed into another position Mm -hmm. and so the when you said it sounds like a conversation it really was it was a one-ended conversation because you don't ever hear the voice of like quote-unquote the voice of the job counselor Mm -hmm. you get the gist of what it is that they're asking Mm -hmm. by the way that the main character responds yeah answers so you stumbled on this book how? Um, I just kept seeing it pop up, honestly, in my social media stuff. I just kept seeing the cover come up, and then I was at the store, and I was like, you know, I, I, we're gonna have a, a break coming up from work. I wanna have a, I wanna read a book because consciously, I need to stop multitasking. My brain needs to do one thing at a time for a minute because even that seems like rest at this point and saw that the author was latina thought she's actually dominicana i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna try it i'm gonna read the back little you know description Mm -hmm. thought this looks cool okay great i'm gonna grab it i've been seeing the cover come up on different things in social media i'm gonna grab it oh my gosh this uh so angie cruz is also she's a writer she's had she's published books before she's also um the creator and editor of a a journal um asterisks i don't even know if i'm saying that right but it uplifts women of color writers in this journal so she she's out there she's also she was a professor i don't know if she's still a professor but i was really intrigued by the author's story as well and again once i started reading i was just sucked in and part of the character development is just so beautiful and and it's also so light like there's no she doesn't go into this deep background about god romero had this and this happened to her it's all through this person telling her own story mm-hmm. which was just mind-blowing to me like how creative first of all the plot is just it's so creative the way it's told but then you fall in love with this person there was never a mention i don't think of this person having an accent but i read it in an accent Mm. I heard it in an accent because of the way the words were put together. I just, it's how I read it. It's how I heard it in my head. So that sucked me in even more. And just the way she talks about, she's very humble in how she talks about her own qualities and skills because she's there to figure out how she can get a job, right? Which I don't think she does. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Throughout the whole thing, she does not get a job. This woman should be a writer. She should be, you know, whatever, a journalist. But she unfolds her whole life, like her issues with her son, her her traumatic childhood, her relationship with her sister. Like she starts talking about who she is as a person. And through that, reveals her character and how how she has existed this long in this life as this person and it is just beautiful yes and the interesting thing is when you said i didn't hear a person with an accent because i would i did the audible version i did hear the person with the accent interesting and this character is also mid-50s yes so i think um when you sometimes when you listen to to the audio books of it you're like hmm could have been someone different for example, I absolutely love the Dante series. Oh, same. But the audible voice for it, I Le think... Manuel wasn't it. I, he wasn't the one that I would have chosen. Same-sies. Because that, that just didn't match the El Paso feel. Oh that my being gosh, said, we've never talked about that and samesies. That being said, though, this one fucking matched. Oh, now I want to listen. So it was an older woman who... And you can even hear like when she's asking for... And then... Just the way that she even asks for the glass of water. Mm-hmm. Me permites. Can I have permission to drink the water? Right. And you hear her like, like that's all part of oh, the experience now I that listen. you hear. And you have it to read so, it. 
It w- we'll trade. Okay, fair enough. Okay. You know what? I will read it if you listen. Okay, I will. So, mid-50s woman, mm-hmm. on Audible, you hear the accent. The accent isn't something that, uh, for me, and maybe she did a damn good job, but it didn't sound like it was like fake, oh, forced, forced yep. any of that. That's huge. You can hear when she's trying to drink because the even the water is a character in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The way that she talks about being an immigrant and trying to assimilate into. Yes how her relationship is with her son, mm-hmm. how her relationship is with her sibling, in that having to feel the responsibility for her sibling succeeding while she doesn't. Right. In the ways that we define success, right, capitalistically. Right. And the topics that, she, she co- that are covered in there without meaning to cover, but she covers them, her gay son, the trauma that we pass on, from mm-hmm. parents to child or from Thea to nephew. Mm-hmm. Interpersonal dynamics from a very relatable point of view, Latina point of view. Mm-hmm. It was just such a spot on thing to listen to. It really was like, shit, Charlene, this was a freaking good ass book for you to tell me to to well, in my case, listen to, but read. Okay, first of all, I just want to say I always tell you the good books. Fair. Okay. Um, but I I definitely, this was something I knew. I don't always tell you to read the books that I've read. I'll tell you I've read a book, but mm-hmm. I won't be like, mm-hmm. cat. I won't shove it down your throat. This I shoved down your throat. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, oh, you're going to get what I got out of it and more. Because um, we obviously have similar views but often different perspectives because of the lives we've lived and i just knew we had to talk about this book um and i am it's she's up for several awards as an author which i love because i love that people are paying attention to a latina author Mm -hmm. i love that it was published i love that i bought the book in hardback like it just makes me happy to have it um, which now I've passed it on, so I might need my own copy because it's out in the ether, and I'm so happy for that. I don't know who will get their hands on it next, and I love that too. But um, it just made me feel like we knew this person mm-hmm. as our neighbor, as our tia, as our cousin, as our the senora you pass at Walmart. Like what we know this person, we know this woman. That's how it made me feel. Like she is a person that has been in our lives in some way shape or form and um and it also it 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 also gave a little bit of a an insight and a softness to the job of the person who's taking in her case right like the intake person is now so also invested in this story that by the end she's like I, I'm gonna get you an extension on some more right? visits. Almost like she needs the rest of the story cheese may on she this. She does. <laughs> like she wants the full cheese may on this woman. Oh, tell me. Because she's now also not like you're just not you're not just making excuses for why you don't have a job. I see you. I see you and who you are and who you're helping. Even though I can't quantify that on my paperwork, even though I can't put that on a resume you have a worth as a human being yes. that is so immense and i want more of it you know the fact that angie cruz has captured that piece mm-hmm. and been so thoughtful about capturing that piece and in in the reviews that i've read it, it was like it was almost like that was glossed over to a point but we can get that when we're sitting at, at at our intersection. Yes. We get that. We also get it from, so the one thing that they do do is the she forms. Said I said do-do. <laughs> <laughs> the forms. So she, as part oh, of this yes. job counseling, she has to fill out some forms. Yes. So the forms also are a character in this book. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, she's answering some questions on this form and so the way that she's answering them and and interpreting what their questions are and the way that she answers them are something that I'm like, 
oh my God, I have never heard that captured before in such a way Yes, that tells you just how out of touch Thank you. the systems that we live in are to the people who are working in these sim in these systems. Oh, the way and the way she answers them is hilarious. Oh my God, right? That is totally how I know the brain works on some family yes. members of like, there is no box you can check. Yeah. So I'm just going to write in my own story. Be, yeah. F- five paragraphs mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. because that's just the way that life is. Life isn't a, B, C, or D, all of the above. It's five well, paragraphs. I think long. there's one where she, yeah. So there's in in the book. It's funny because there are the it it's it's this novel. It's going through the paragraphs, but then there are certain pages that are the forms, and there's the questions. And she, you know, what days are you available to work? Even something as simple as that. And she's like. Oh, I can do these days and these days, but not these days because I take care of so-and-so and and I have to do this and that and the other. And like you, you and I know as dominant culture would have it. I don't want to know all those damn details. You and I know as brown people, those details are important. It's all about the details. There's nothing else but the details, right? So, oh, it just, yes, that part also just struck me as if you've ever had to fill out an application for anything, any kind of, you're at the DMV, you're at the doctor's office, you're applying for WIC, you're doing Medicaid, whatever it is, these forms are so, they don't capture who you are, and she didn't give a shit, and she put herself in there, regardless of what they were asking, she didn't care, and I love that so much. It was almost as if the author Angie was in my brain, because there have been some times where I'm filling out a form that I'm like, I have to go back up, and I'm like, wait, did you mean this or this? Because there's a whole lot of this that's missing with this. And yes. and then the person's like, please just that's check one box. what we need to know, ma'am. Just, and I'm like, yeah. bitch, you're going to find out everything. I'm going to put the check and then I'm going to put some shit on the side that you need to know why I checked that box. Yes. And I felt so heard in, in those forms that it was like, oh my God, I'm not the only one who thinks about a five paragraph answer to mm-hmm. A, B, C, or D. Mm-hmm. It was, Angie, if you ever listen to this, I love you. I was just going to call that out and say, uh, Angie, if you are listening, which I hope you do, um, thank you. Right? Because that was so beautiful. And yes, we both feel so seen and our gente feels so seen. And I am proud that someone has paid attention enough to publish you and make you available as I pass by in the bookstore to grab that copy and go to the register and thank you. Amazing. The other thing that I wanted to say about the person who read, I really hope that Angie had a choice. I wondered who that the, too. Who was reading, doing the audio version of it. So a million years ago in a land far, far away. There we go. When I was in grade school and I was taking a Spanish class, a Puerto Rican woman was the one who was teaching it. And the way that she pronounced her R's and her L's Mm -hmm. was incredibly different from what I had been used to. Yeah. And when I heard the audio version of this, I was like, oh my God, I know this voice. And I pictured this woman. And I know, Kat, Puerto Rico is not the same as the Dominican Republic. You know what? I get that. But the way that the Mm -hmm. the speech pattern happens was just so similar that I was like, I know this woman. Well, and it's not the I Spanish you hear. Yes. It, this it is, is a not. Di- this is significantly different and it and it takes you to that place of understanding this is a Spanish speaking person but not from where I'm from. But just enough that I know like I can touch yes. and feel and see and smell all of the things. Well, and even and her her syntax in the way she puts sentences together mm-hmm. would not always be grammatically correct if you're talking about, you know, dominant culture and proper English and all the things. But we get it. But the patterns are very ESL, like English as a second language, that we get it and it's mm-hmm. familiar. Yes. So it was somewhere between my mom and the Spanish teacher that yes. I had, like, in the fourth grade. Oh. Very, like, it was right there. Very much right there. The last thing I'll say about this book before we move on, and I hope you'll give me some grace on how I'm making this connection, Charlene. Here we go. No, but close. (laughs) Close. Similar theme, murder. Um, (laughs) uh, 
Um, okay, so when the main character is in the situation where she's watching out for her niece and the guy mm-hmm. is taking a picture and she's like, mm-mm, something wrong. I don't like him, something wrong. Mm-hmm. That to me is like, oh, she would have a podcast about true crime. <laughs> yes, that's her new job. That's her new job. Boom. Just put a microphone in front of that woman and that's just go around needs. New York and that's be like, mm-mm, this guy right here. No, he's done something. Love it. Mm-hmm. She's like Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> Dominicana texture and texture. Yes. That would be I love that it. would be a story. Angie, we love you. Five Thank stars, you. Angie. Five stars. Mm. All day. Um, so just to note also that this book, and I will mention it again so that we can all go purchase it just in time for the holidays for you to read and for you to give away. So buy like fifteen different copies. Uh How Not to Drown in a Glass of Water by Angie Cruz. It was also a New York Times book review editor's choice. Yes. So Come on, go. bestseller. Mm-hmm. People buy this book. Get it. I mean, I know I'm handing it out to the gente for free, <laughs> like my copy, but buy the book, buy the audio, buy the things. Show. That's how we show that this matters to us mm-hmm. is by spending our money. So buy this book. It's not too late for Christmas presents. People you know that love to read or even if they don't make them buy them the book this you know actually i'm gonna go out and buy a couple copies because i think all of my tias need to read this one i think they would resonate because i'm not saying that they're in their 50s but they're pretty close (laughs) so i think that they would resonate with the way the forms the way that they you know that that the character is living their best life do it all of it (sighs) I know. Two things, and we have the guy de nuevo next. What's new, Kat? Oh, my God. There are so many things that are new, Charlene. Including, okay, so we always hear about the time that social media was turning into a dumpster fire because of this or that, Mm. or trolls, Mm. or it's just a shit show, Mm. whatever it may be. Elon Musk just Mm. fucking bought Twitter, and everything's just run amok, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But what about when our socials do good things? When the internet goes good. Yes. So that is something that you and I have talked about a little bit, but we have some very specific examples that happen within the Latina community. Yeah. So, okay. We'll start with the kind of harder one first, if if it's okay. Do it. Okay. So, yes, Colorado. We know the murders happened in a queer community. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, when that happened, it was like, my text messages went on fire of like how are people doing are we okay because it's just north of us Mm -hmm. and it's in our community and we always have a target on our back that being said one of the coolest things that happened out of this and i know like fucking silver lining out of a shit show sure true but my brother had texted me and or had messaged me and he had uh, and he was like Hey, I got some shirts. My my partner, his wife, had bought him some shirts from, and this is where we get into the tie. Mm-hmm. But so the person who stopped the shooter from doing any more damage than they had already done, right? Rich Fierro, he's an Iraq vet, mm-hmm. and he was there at the at the club to to help support the community. Mm-hmm. His wife is the primary owner and brewer. Mm-hmm. But he's also co-owner mm-hmm. of a brewery in Colorado Springs, Colorado, named Atrevida Beer Company. And after this story, like obviously this was breaking news, but also the socials have their own way of doing their own thing. Sure. And it it came out that he had, uh, or he his wife was a, a master brewer, and they had a beer company. And so my my brother, when he when he messaged, he was like, "And we have shirts from the beer company." Mm-hmm. It was like he and the rest of the social medias was already onto how do we uplift this and guy. social media doing mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. for this guy and his wife's brewery. Mm-hmm. Atrevida Brewery Company or Atrevida Beer Company. I did buy some shirts. God bless. I don't ever know that <laughs> I'm going to get, get them. them. And that's okay. <laughs> you know what? I'm okay with that's that fine. because I know that they've got a lot going on trauma within the family having to deal with all of that well because they lost someone close to them as well 
in the shooting. In, in addition to an Iraq vet having to deal with some, you know, re-traumatized, presu- yeah, re-traumatized presumed PTSD, having to stop a shooter and sure. all of the things. Sure. But it was just, it was just, it felt good just to purchase mm-hmm. and make sure that he knew, like even in, in New Mexico, we got you, boo, we do. And this is what this, when the socials can do good is when there is an uplifting of some things that happen around the world. I have to admit, I had had my own, if you listened to the last episode, you know I had a death in the family, and mm. I, I was kind of in my own little hole for a few days. Wasn't looking at social media, wasn't paying attention to the news, didn't really have the, the current events outside of my own life in my head. And when I sort of peeked out of that little cave, um, learned that this had happened and immediately texted you, texted some other folks that are in the queer community that are close to us and was like, oh my God, like how, and yeah, this is Colorado. This is our neighbor. My son lives in Colorado. Like this is close to home. And there's that just outpouring of, of love and support and also just gross, like stop being gross people please for fuck's sake enough and um and then this story comes out about this couple right and this brewery so she Jess Fierro is the first female and first Latina owner and head brewer of a brewery in Colorado which is just amazing and we probably would have uplifted them eventually on our own right but then this just shoots them out into the public view in a way that is so inspiring and um again going back to that morbid curiosity piece where there's this tragedy and then we have this hero right that's all we need Mm -hmm. like that is what we want we don't want to have to have a hero but goddamn if the situation is going to present itself please come on hero like come out and let it be an army veteran who's latino who just looks like this dude that you'd see at walmart that you know and that just I think really has resonated with folks in our communities anyways um and yeah you said hey I did a thing I bought you a shirt you might never get it I was like what the hell are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) and then you told me the whole thing and I was like dude super cool even you know if it is a donation to keep them above water as a small business a Mm -hmm. and b to give them some time to grieve and and process a the trauma or re-traumatization of the event um, itself to process the loss of a loved one that happened during the shooting, but also to just give them some space to not maybe go to work on Monday morning, right? Right. Just, we, we don't get that. As people of color, we don't often get the, um, the space to do the whole what was that book the live laugh love what the fuck was the book you know where the chick eat, goes love, to pray thank, I don't eat know. pray love whatever we don't get to eat pray love because <laughs> you got to go to work on monday morning <laughs> true and it and it was also if if this is something that you can do for the community like um if you have the space to grieve and all the things but you want to do something extra for your community here's some money to do extra for community because i trust that you would distribute in the ways that that you feel is right for your community you've shown your values yeah you we have, already know what you yeah you didn't speak them you showed them for sure in ways that we hope no one has to and for me you know my brother is an iraq vet he has a queer child that is him absolutely i absolutely 100 percent believe mm. that if my brother was in that situation he would have done the same thing love that and so it almost felt like I am uplifting my brother in this situation. And it felt good to do that. He was in it, an hermano. He was not just a neighbor to the north. And it just felt good. Like, take my money, bro. I don't care if I ever get a shirt. It's fine. Take my money. Take my money. So that's one, one way that the, the socials can do amazing things. Oh, What's another it. way? Tell us. So the thing that I recently popped onto, again, I was kind of in my own cave, I happened to pop onto TikTok the other day for just a few minutes because I was like, I just need a laugh. I just need to see something that's, you know, funny. Um, so there's this girl 
girl, woman, I don't know, person who posts on TikTok that all she wants for Christmas is for her mom's restaurant to get more customers. Mm -hmm. She's not an influencer. She does not have a billion followers. She's just a person who posts this short clip of the entrance to the restaurant and her mom's face looking just a little sad looking at the door empty restaurant um it's called taco bout joy it's in glenview illinois and it's just this heartfelt thing like man i just my my mom wants this and i want this for her Mm -hmm. right people came out Mm -hmm. so i don't know how or why this blew up like who knows why things go viral if we knew that I, w- I would be tapping into that for the podcast. I right. would quit my yes. job. Mm-hmm. But your podcast would be viral tomorrow if we knew that, right? Whatever it was, whatever magic, whatever milagro in that moment, some fairy dust got sprinkled and people start sharing the shit out of this video. So shortly thereafter, people start flocking and influencers start sharing the video and saying, hey, if you live anywhere near mm-hmm. Taco Bao Joy in Glenview, Illinois, go there. Go there today. Get the tacos. Nobody even knows that the tacos are good at this point, right? Like, people are just <laughs> like, damn, we need to go. So then people start, their birria tacos are supposedly like, what's the thing to get there? Um, so soon, there's an hour, hours-long wait. There's a nearby restaurant that starts cooking to help them out with their orders because people are waiting for so long and loving it, right? Like, yeah, we're here to support this business. It was such a beautiful outpouring of support and just, we want the underdog to succeed, not just in the damn movies. Like, we want this for our gente. We want this for our people. And um, and then apparently the tacos were really good. So bonus but definite bonus so when you look up on tiktok and you look up taco about joy there are a a variety so there is the account itself but there are a variety of other individuals who have gone and who have tasted the and i'm living vicariously through their taco joy to eat those tacos this is this is one of the ways where and again you said like i don't know how it happens someone Mm -hmm. stumbled upon this Mm -hmm. like it went through the algorithmic feed of whatever TikTok magic there is Mm -hmm. to end up on a couple people who were like, and then tell a couple people who told a couple people who told a couple. It's like the new burning bush cat. It is the burning. (laughs) (laughs) They climbed up the mountain. They asked for a couple commandments and they got the burning bush. Juan Diego got the imprint, all the things. This is it. And it was, it's something, it's one of those things where it's like beautiful to see that coming full circle when there is a shit show of garbage on social media. Yes, trash, pure trash. Or trash purchasing social media. Trash. There are these pockets of pure joy that are everything. Mm -hmm. And I am crying watching this oh, i'm yeah. crying watching someone else eat those tacos yep i'm crying at all the things because it's like yes if my mom had xyz business i would want to be able to help her in this way that the daughter helped her mom and her tia from just pure sentiment pure heart mm-hmm. pure heart this there was no buying ads there was no getting some famous person to visit the re- this was just pure heart, pure emotion. The look on her mom's face spoke to people. Sometimes we need reassurance that humanity is intact and that we are not a fucking shit show, uh-huh, you know, all the way. Because if you are paying attention to the world and the planet and the news and all the things, it can feel bleak and overwhelming. And, and it resonates in a way that, so we we want our people to succeed, whatever success means for people. So recently, one of our colleagues and a friend, one of her parents um, became a citizen 
And we were rejoicing in that we, because we want that success to happen. They came here for a reason for us to have a better life. Yes. And so for me, it resonated that like this, this family of immigrants, mixed immigrants from two different countries. I'm like, absolutely. Because if it was my mom, I would be just as invested in Mm -hmm. the travel that she had to make and the sacrifices that she had to do in order for us to have the life that we have. And I get that. Mm -hmm. I so get that. And I want that success for her. And and yeah, it's such a simple, we take for granted. I think many times in this country, we take for granted that we have food to eat, period. To think that you can create food that is so good that other people would want to eat it and and pay for it and stand in line for it mm-hmm. is there's a certain kind of vulnerability and and fear that has to come with that when you open a restaurant, when you put your shit out there like that. So for this person to do that as the American dream hopeful, right? Like there's something else to that that is so terrifying. And it just feels so good to see. So I I hope that people, do, this is not just a trend. Right. I hope these tacos are delicious. Like they're dipping them in this like. This this cup of sauce that looks amazing this, like, and is magic. Latino au jus sauce. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it looks amazing and I want it in my life. Um, dear sister who lives in Chicago, Illinois, you're only 32 minutes away according <laughs> to Google. Please go visit and give us the rundown. Uh, Taco about Joy, Glenview, Illinois. Um, I hope people keep going there because it's just good and because there's heart behind this food and because... Latinos who want to feed their people, there's something to that. I'm going to be the petty troll right now. Oh, be the petty troll. I love this. So the petty troll in me is like, of course it has to be good because it's got seasoning. And we have watched all of these other TikTok fails of how they put a steak with eggs and freaking bland macaroni and they barely put Mm. salt in there. And I'm like, how is this person an influencer? They can't even put some pepper on their steak. I have six words for you. You can't eat everybody else. Mm-hmm. You can't eat. I mean, no, this is so true. But this is the foil to the like bullshittery and dumb fuckery that goes on on the socials. That is, we're wasting food just so that we can get watches because we know that someone is going to come on and duet this and tell us how shitty it is. But Thank that you. means extra viewers, and we're getting money about how bland our and disgusting our food is Boiled and then chicken. we've got first gen immigrants who are investing in a community to create a restaurant for people to come eat at that is full of flavor full of value thank you and i'm like yes this is what what we should be uplifting every single day is taquitos and arroz and not this bullshittery Mm-mm. i don't even know mayonnaise what, casserole Oh, from the, yeah, from the baking soda brigade. No, absolutely not. No. So that's the petty in me is like, please do, when you're watching TikTok, just like scroll up on that and watch the, watch the talk about joy, because that's what we need more in our life is joy and tacos. Amen. That's that's what we need. That feels like such a good wrap to the last episode of the year cat is that a we can still have faith in humanity to show up when they're needed a b it's called taco about joy for the love of god like period right done and third that the calling out from a daughter from a place of pure heart for her mom can actually end in some something good and beautiful in this world like that alone an angel just got its fucking wings mm-hmm. little timmy just got his fucking cup of hot cocoa or whatever the fuck it was he wanted all that what did timmy want i don't Who remember cares? money a house a life a heart i don't fucking know 
that's like five different movies in one. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it's it's such an interesting like flip of the story. Like we come here to make a better life for our children, and it's our children who made the better life for us to make a better life for them. Kind of circle. Because if it wasn't for the daughter, people wouldn't be showing up. But if it wasn't for that restaurant, we wouldn't be. You know what I mean? All the good things in life. Taco about joy. Taco about joy. And also Atrevida Beer Company Thank in you. Colorado Springs. Support. Support. And they do have a message on their site that's like, mm-hmm. we are overwhelmed with all the things, you know. But keep keep giving. Just order. I don't care what you order. It's just a donation. Order. Who cares? It is. You and know what? what? You know what? One day in 10 years, if you get that shirt and it don't fit you anymore, get buy a Peloton. I don't know. Do something. Work out. Yeah. Or cut they it up. Make a pillow out of it. Some, you know what? It is worth it. Give it to your kid. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's and like a piece of the Berlin Wall. I just want to say that one of their um, taglines for the Atrevida Beer Company is, hold on, diversity, it's on tap. Boom. You That's where it's at. Stop. I'm not even kidding when you. When are we going they to Colorado have... Springs? What are you doing tonight? Let's go. We can go visit my kid. Exactly. But that's, and and the beautiful thing is that that's part of the reason that they have this is because they're supporting the community. They support the queer community. They've had some beers that are supportive of community issues. Amen. So all the things. Kat, Mm. we just went through slaying and slaying, a book review, and socials. When the internet goes good. (sighs) And this is the last episode of 2022. Murder. A good book. And beer. Yes, beer and tacos. That's May this carry us through 2023. (laughs) Exactly. Amen. I'm with you on that. May our journey be forward. May all two of our listeners move with us on this journey forward. Why do you shake your head? We yeah. have okay. May all three of our <laughs> may the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> <laughs> I have loved one closing out one more year with you a hundred percent. Cat, this isn't the last. I know we have a weedy weedy to go, but I really have enjoyed doing this one more year with you. I am super appreciative of being in this space with you always. I want to thank, we have lots of new followers on social media. Thank you for joining. I hope you're also listening. Um, Thank you to our diehard listeners who continue to be fans, support new episodios and weed weedies that come out, message us, Mm -hmm. give us props. We appreciate you so much. Um, And Kat, it's been a pleasure. It has been. Also to, to one of our OG listeners, Happy birthday, Carmen. <gasps> Happy birthday. We're both Sagittarians. Ooh, ooh. All right. This has been Episodio 45, episode 45 Ooh. of the Bocha podcast. And of course, I'm still Kat. I'm still Charlene. And we will see you on the flip. <laughs>